When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The following podcast contains explicit language. It's Trumpcast 2017. It's going to be absolutely tremendous, I have to tell you. Democrats are putting it out because they suffered one of the greatest defeats in the history of politics in this country. What the hell is that dude talking about? I don't understand this. His boss has come out and already drawn conclusions and said, I don't believe them. If he's going to have any credibility as president, he needs to stop talking this way. He needs to stop denigrating the intelligence community. Get the facts. The facts are there about Russian behavior. Hello and welcome to Trumpcast the show about Julian Assange's new best friend, Donald Trump. I'm Jacob Weisberg. And I'm Virginia Heffernan. We've got a special show today. We decided to do it together. We're going to be talking in a moment to Dr. Lynn Meyer. She's a clinical psychologist in Beverly Hills, California, and she's a specialist in personality disorders. And we're going to be talking to her about Donald Trump and NPD, Narcissistic Personality Disorder. Do you have that? Or does anyone you know have it? Do I have it? I think anyone you don't like has it. I think yeah. I feel like that's true. Well, before we get started, Virginia, I have to say thank you for hosting the show while I was away. We made some changes, and we're do- <laughs> what we're doing is showcasing fake news. Um, so, yeah, fake cast. Not labeled. What it is. Not, not, not unlabeled. <laughs> right. People can make their own decisions, um, yeah, about our crazy theories. What was your time away like? Did you have a blissful break and pretend that we were living in another era with another president? Well, I find I need these mental breaks for giving what's going on. I mean, it just does become a little overwhelming. And, you know, I managed to not think about Donald Trump for minutes at a time. Oh, right. I thought you were going to say a day, and I, I was like, I, I don't believe it. That's fake news. But there's a way in which, you're, you know, I wasn't checking Twitter all the time. I kind of, I kept track of everything that was happening, sort of, but I didn't feel the need to master it all. Yeah. So I sort of feel like I missed a lot of the last two weeks, but you come back, and of course, it's exactly the same. He's saying crazy, dangerous stuff on Twitter. People are responding to it. And, um, you know, it partly feels like we're in this rut with him where he does wacky stuff and we respond, but not responding doesn't seem preferable in any way. So I don't know. This is where we're going to be for a while. Yeah, I don't think that you missed a lot. I mean, he's episodic because he's so erratic. So it's like missing episodes of Law and Order. You can always pick up where you left off. It's not, you know, like missing uh, Game of Thrones or whatever, where you really can't miss anything that goes before. I mean, you know, he just does something, then does something different the next day and then redoes it. And he does defy prediction. I mean, I would have said that He's got to reverse himself on the Russia stuff. You know, he can't just be an ally of Vladimir Putin and Julian Assange. But he seems to just be doubling down. I mean, he's just digging in deeper with these guys against 
his own government, what soon to be his own government, the CIA, the Defense Intelligence Agency, the National Security Agency. So he's allied himself with America's most public enemies and against his own government. And one would think that he's going to have to dig himself out of that hole at some point. But at the moment, he's still shoveling. You know, I think I think one of our first conversations about Trump was about his performance on The Apprentice and how those caprices are central to who he is. So to the extent that people thought he was going to fire one person, he would suddenly change course and fire another person. In some ways, I think our expectations, so our expectations that he'll that he'll back down from, backpedal from his snuggly relationship with Vladimir Putin is the thing making him want to double down on it. You know, defying audience expectations, um, even in, you know, in this case on the on the seemingly good side of stopping the dismantling of the congressional ethics organization. You know, this is one time where he says, surprise, I'm not going to go with the Republicans and I'm going to seem to be pro-reform like I said I was. I, I want to ask Dr. Meyer about this, but at some level, I think looking for any rationality has just become a trap because what he's doing is just making the maximum amount of chaos because he thrives in chaos. Chaos works for him. So, you know, if you look to make sense out of his actions in any way, you won't. The actions that make sense to him are the ones that change the subject, that create a new problem, that get people upset about something else. Yeah. I mean, what's it also is sort of telling that the chaos is mostly symbolic. And I mean, you know, he's not even the president yet. So what are we, you know, in some ways, what are we talking about? But I'm just not sure how that chaos still translates into policy and, you know, what its costs are, if any, to life and limb and liberty of Americans. I mean, we'll, we'll find out. All right, Virginia, we'll be back with Dr. Lynn Meyer right after we do the tweets. CNN just released a book called Unprecedented, which explores the 2016 race and victory. Hope it does well, but used worst cover photo of me. Vladimir Putin said today about Hillary and the Democrats, quote, in my opinion, it is humiliating. One must be able to lose with dignity. Close quote. So true. The intelligence briefing on so-called Russian hacking was delayed until Friday. Perhaps more time needed to build a case. Very strange. Julian Assange said a 14-year-old could have hacked Podesta. Why was DNC so careless? Also said Russians did not give him the info. Doing my best to disregard the many inflammatory President O statements and roadblocks. Thought it was going to be a smooth transition. Not. Happy New Year to all including my many enemies and those who have fought me and lost so badly, they just don't know what to do. Love. All 
Our guest is Dr. Lynn Meyer. She is a clinical psychologist in Beverly Hills. She was quoted extensively recently in an article in the Huffington Post about a stunning letter, we're told, that earlier in December was sent to President Obama by a bunch of doctors, psychiatrists, asking that Donald Trump, before he takes office, be given a thorough mental health examination, partly because they suspect, the article says with 100% certainty, that Donald Trump might have narcissistic personality disorder. Welcome, Dr. Meyer. Great, of course. So you've been explaining what narcissistic personality disorder might mean vis-a-vis Donald Trump. I know you haven't diagnosed him. You've never um, examined him or met with him. But a lot of mental health professionals, you say, believe that Trump might satisfy the criteria for narcissistic personality disorder. Why don't you tell us first what NPD is and then give us some indication of why you and your colleagues believe that Trump might suffer from it? Well, um, narcissistic personality disorder actually affects 1% of the population. It's a real disorder and it's a pervasive hardwiring in the brain, you know, for narcissistic personality disorder, at least five criteria need to be there. So there are, you know, many examples where I think people react to what he's saying, but they don't really understand what they're seeing. And um, what they're seeing is somebody who's really grandiose, entitled about his own self-interest, are what you giving? Are you giving us the five indications or the five criteria for NPD right now? You say grandiose, grandiosity, lack of empathy, um, self-interest. Basically, um, somebody who is really unable to have any empathy for others as well is what you're seeing. Is um is there some other high-profile narcissist narcissistic personality disordered person that you could point to who who we know who we could compare Trump to? <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe historically, you know, I mean, was Napoleon a narcissist? I mean, w- would you think you obviously you can't d- diagnose a dead person any better than than a live one you haven't met? I can at least diagnose dead people. <laughs> well, I think that Saddam Hussein. Most of the, um, you know, the uh, dictators, uh, Mussolini, Stalin, Saddam, uh, Hitler, I will tell you that I think Benjamin Netanyahu, I hate to say it, has got a lot of narcissistic proclivities. So leaving Netanyahu out of it, 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 that that means that, you know, is it possible that NPD is just synonymous with with satanic, with, (laughs) with just evil? I mean, anytime... We bring up the H name. We're talking about, you know, this is a, a, you know, not only a diagnosis, but a, but a kind of condemnation. Well, I think it can be um, very destructive. And the reason is that um, when you give someone like this a lot of power and they get omnipotent, they are fed by the power, feeds the grandiosity, and really they think they can do no wrong, and they're not going to exchange with reality. There is almost a delusional system in terms of reality check, and these kind of people go unchecked. He will surround himself, a dictator or narcissist or someone in that position, will not take people around him who um, will disagree with him. 
And this could have consequences, you think, for, for his administration, for the, for the country and maybe for the world. Definitely. Definitely. How might that play out? I think that what we're starting to see is it's already playing out is that, you know, if you just look at the tweeting, and that's the least of it, that impulsivity, which is part of the narcissistic personality disorder, he um, can't control that. So that's really a good example. And without any ability to contain his emotions or process anything or ask anybody for advice, he goes ahead and tweets some impulsive comment, which he's now enraged North Korea, I'm quite sure. And that's very dangerous. That's an example that I'm thinking of most recently because that guy, North Korea, is a narcissist and he is a dictator. You disagree with that guy, he beheads you. And Saddam used to do the same. He used to take his generals into a meeting, unbeknown to them, there's a video of this, and he'd have someone tap them on the shoulder. They'd have to get up, and they were executed immediately. And so right now, Donald Trump has enraged North Korea, who now, what is playing out, because he's also a narcissist, and he has like a, a fragile little sense of self, that Kim Jong-un, whatever his name is, um, he's now working on his nuclear weapons. He's now, you know, and Donald Trump says, oh, he won't do it. That is dangerous. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't take much to provoke Kim Jong-un. He, he was working on his nuclear weapons anyway. But I guess my concern here, Dr. Meyer, is that narcissistic personality sort of, sort of becomes synonymous with authoritarianism or totalitarianism or just evil in the political world, it starts to sound kind of nonspecific because if it's a political diagnosis, that's very different from a psychiatric diagnosis. Well, I think there is a link because, you know, the person that's getting into this political position hasn't been um, really examined for who they are in their, in the, in, this is my field, in the, the way they are in their mental health. That he can say a lot of things. He doesn't mean any of them. He's forgotten them after he said them. So there is a connection that, you know, people are not aware of mental illness in the environment, the people around them. They don't know how to spot it. There are many people in my practice who coupled up with somebody who's a narcissist or a sociopath or a borderline, and they don't know what to look for. So they kind of tolerate the behavior and they accept the behavior. And narcissists are very charismatic in the beginning. You know, they have um, a way of making you feel very special. You're in their glow. And as long as you're feeding them their supplies, we call that narcissistic supplies, Hmm. uh, they're very happy with you. And when you don't feel them their supplies and you no longer want to be an appendage to them, then they become enraged with you. So I think it starts with why do I speak out? It's because I think that people don't understand when they see mental illness. And that includes in the political arena. You know, I was just thinking, though, a lot of what you were, that description could apply to, say, LBJ. I mean, you know, give me a list of the mentally healthy presidents. <laughs> I mean, you'd start with Barack Obama, and there might be one or two others. But, you know, most people who pursue politics at that level, you know, th- there is some, I don't want to say necessarily instability, but there's some some emotional issue that drives them forward and is also responsible at some level for their success. Correct. But I mean, there's such a thing as healthy narcissism, where you're smart, 
you know, your Kennedy, you're smart. Uh, he wasn't perfect either. But how do you manage uh, having a leader who doesn't think about his people, who doesn't think about the well-being of everybody around him? That's both kind of impossible, really, so I think. Explain that distinction between healthy. I didn't know there was healthy narcissism, but explain the distinction between that and the disorder. The disorder is, you know, there are criteria for the disorder, which means a person has instability and impulsivity and are destructive. So they go around doing things that create chaos in in their own lives and in other people's lives. You also say that these that that narcissists um, are incurable. Incurable, and you see them in your. You like maybe we should just talk about the disease or the the disorder in the aggregate. You see NPD in your office, um, and right. not ju- not just the spouses and and exes and maybe fellow employees, but you see them themselves. Do they respond at all to treatment? What can be done? Very very tough. They're very fragile, and as you can see, any slight, they need to retaliate. They don't take interpretation. And one of the most, um, the biggest tools I have as a, as a therapist is to be observing that person and offering them interpretation. And, 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 you know, I try to do it kindly, of course, but with a narcissist, they don't um, accept that on that level. They feel attacked. For example, if you had to say to Donald Trump, probably, you know, listen, you're not being very empathic. You would be uh, there would be rage, there would be a retaliation, there would be you don't know what you're talking about. I'm now going to devalue you. You're stupid. You're you don't know. You're the worst therapist in the world. I don't know why I even came to see you. <laughs> um, and you're ugly. And and you're fired. You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Great. <laughs> <laughs> so what about this letter? Is it there's there's a sort of movement underfoot um some psychiatrists have written to President Obama, uh, right? Asking that that Trump be examined before he take office by a psychiatrist. Yeah, this is this is the wish and the hope of many that there would be a psychological evaluation. And you know, um I I've seen so many different Saying somebody wants to put him on a hold, which is put him in the hospital involuntarily. You know, people want to do. Something. Wow, who, I, who is who has recommended that? I, I got I got through a friend of mine. This this guy saying from Florida saying, you know, can we put him on a hold? And my friend Richard Green, who's um, I work with sometimes, and I said, you know, a hold. You can't put him on a hold. You know, a hold is when you're danger to yourself or someone very specific. He's like a danger to the whole world, like, you know. And you know, and then the psychological evaluation. Sure, that would be great. But what's it going to do? Who's going to do it? How do you bring that to the table? That's that's the point. That it's full circle to what I'm saying is that mm. people don't recognize when somebody is not well, is mentally ill, is unstable, is dangerous. And it happens in the private sector, and, and now it's in the political. It happens in politically, and um, I, I'm from South Africa. I've seen this happen in Africa. I've mm. lived in a fascist country. I know what it feels like to live in in that environment. And people are afraid, and they're vigilant, and they're paranoid. And I, I, I'm afraid that that's what's being created here. And I don't think I'm being dramatic. I don't either. <laughs> Dr. Mar, do sufferers from NPD know at some level 
that there's something wrong with them. I mean, one of the interesting shows we did before the election was with the singer Amy Mann, who wrote this very kind of insightful song from Trump's perspective. And it had this chorus like, don't don't you know I'm unwell? And the idea of the song was that he kind of wants people to stop him because, I mean, I don't think this is actually the case, but it was it was sort of very insightful in the sense that someone like this, it seems they must know at some level everything is not right. They may know at some level, but um, as long as there's enough around them that's supporting their narcissism, they're not going to go, oh, I'm not so well. I think I'll go to a psychologist. Oh, you know, maybe I should have a psychological evaluation and see what's really wrong with me. What I think is when people like this hit the wall, yeah, that's when they come. You know, they, they hit the wall. Someone's divorcing them. You know, imagine if Donald Trump lost all his money. Mm. He did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he did happen. He went. He, he went. He went bankrupt, and and he and he bounced back and is richer than he was before, mm-hmm. presumably. Right. Although but we he, don't really if know. If he couldn't raise or fa- raise the money or fake it again, you mean something where yeah. you just you're you're cornered. It's up. You're you're or, you know. Or if one of or if one of these lawsuits or one of these issues or all these things are coming at him, don't work out, and create a portal that that hole in his whole thing and ruin him, then you're going to see the fragility. I think there's some, you know, there's some way, and probably a lot of us hoped or expected it would be losing the election, that we imagine that someone as um, as grandiose and disagreeable as Donald Trump is is brought to his knees. And, you know, over and over on Trumpcast, we sort of wondered what that what might that be? How can you get under his skin or put him in his place or whatever? I guess what I want to know from your clinical experience is how are narcissists, um, how do they end? How do things end for them? For some reason, I'm thinking of Jacob uh, wrote or published that great piece about how rich people die, how the very rich <laughs> die. Um, do you remember this? It's vague. It was a long time ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was like helicopter accidents. And, you know, like, <laughs> right. um, you know, instead of the diseases of poverty, what are the diseases of the very rich? Well, what are the what are the diseases that afflict narcissists? I mean, do they not go to doctors because they believe themselves in radiant health all the time or do mm-hmm. clearly true in his case. Yeah. yeah. Um, as brilliant as he was and I don't know if you've read about him, but Steve he, Jobs. Pretty nar- yeah. 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 Steve pretty narcissistic, pretty tough to work for, very hard on the people around him. And he was brilliant. But he had pancreatic cancer and um just thought he wasn't gonna be one of those people that were gonna beat it. He's already beat it. Mm. And and, and and that was not just like, that was like an omnipotent idea, an omnipotent narcissistic idea. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. One thing you said that really struck me, Dr. Meyer, is that narcissists naturally create chaos. Mm-hmm. That really rings true for Trump. But, of course, this is an area where you get positive reinforcement because he thrives in chaos and chaos has always worked for him. So one way you can imagine this being reversed is if, I mean, I guess it's another way of saying what, what you were saying about people growing tired of him, but tired of him. But if the chaos starts to be his problem and not him being the solution to the chaos. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, you know, the fact is that he's pretty unaware of how much chaos he is. He, unlike us, thinks that he's doing good things. I know that's hard to believe. No, that rings and, true. And so we're aware of the chaos. If we're expecting him to have an epiphany and a realization, that's not going to happen. That doesn't happen in my office. I don't have a narcissist who goes, 
Oh, thank you for that interpretation, Dr. May. I realized <laughs> He's not going to listen to this Trumpcast and mm-hmm. call in and say, you know what? No, I've seen the error of my ways. Help me, Dr. Meyer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but you, think, you think he creates this. In, can you imagine if he was my patient? I might have to just beat him up. <laughs> well, wait, I want to get to that. But Jacob's, Jacob's coming. I don't want to narcissistically interrupt my co-host. Well, you were just saying that he creates this chaos unconsciously. But I sort of suspect at some level it, it is conscious. And, and part of it is when people are outraged at him about Russia, get some other people outraged at him about China, and then get some other people outraged mm. at him about North Korea. I mean, it's that's why the chaos works for him, right? Because you keep everybody off balance and you keep changing the subject. Right. I mean, because basically it's the Wizard of Oz. He's really hiding inside that. You know, he's cloak and daggers. He's uses distraction, you know. I mean, one of my colleagues said he couldn't even run a lemonade stand, you know, and I think that's really true. I mean, basically, it's interesting. Do you guys know the the myth of narcissists, how that worked in the Greek world? Yeah, the echo and something he only could look in the lake. Tell us again. Well, you know, narcissist was this guy, and... um, this little goddess Echo um, was totally in love with him, and he was mean and brutal and vindictive towards her, so the gods punished him. And how did they punish him? And this is the metaphor. He got riveted by his self-image in the river, and he couldn't move. Mm. He got stuck with himself, and that was his punishment, and that is the punishment of a narcissist. (laughs) Because underneath all of that, they're terrified. If you can remember that image of Saddam Hussein crawling out of that hole underground, mm. that's where it's the end for them, the narcissist. You know, one thing that that some I've been sort of alert to lately is are the possible dangers of overreaction either in the Congress or, or mirrored reactions to the new president. So, for instance, he behaves erratically and impulsively, and then you see decisions like Ford making one decision about shipping jobs from Mexico and then changing their minds and on this ethics committee, it it seems in some ways, and you, and you point out, you know, that, that person that wrote to you and said, let's put a hold, let's commit Donald Trump t- to a straitjacket and a padded cell to stop him from getting an office. I mean, aren't we sounding a little bit impulsive? You know, it's sort of like right on election night, people saying civil war, you know, that would seem to be a mistake. And, you know, in a in a hypercharged atmosphere, I mean, what do the spouses of NPD people do? Do they go, do they really go nuts? Do they try to push them down the stairs? What should we watch for in ourselves? We should watch for the same reaction. Mm. We should watch for that impulsivity because we need to be mindful and aware and contained and we need to have strategy. What would it be to cut off, you called it supply, what would it be to cut off supply to a narcissist or to to Donald Trump, who you see as a narcissist? Well, you know, he's already, you know, cut of the supply. Jeez, why don't we just start with the media, where they supplied him so much coverage during the uh, pre-election. And uh, he made a statement, because he was getting so much supply and uh, attention. So he made a statement and he said he could shoot somebody in the street. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yep. And people would still love him. Do you, that The implication of somebody saying that sounds insane. The gra- that's a great that? example. Right. But that's the thing. That's how much he is being pumped up and he's omnipotent. Um, 
So I don't know how you cut off the supply to a president. You know, it's it's difficult. Yeah. Well, this has been completely fascinating. Um, as usual, we've come away with 10 great steps to stop <laughs> Trump. <laughs> but if not, if not that, a fantastic um, and, 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 and provocative framework for considering um, his mental health and potential behavioral I didn't know implications. I was supposed to give you the strategy of how to stop him. <laughs> no, we're always looking. We're, we'll ask anyone. Um, but, uh, but anyway, Dr. Meyer, this has been really interesting. Thanks for talking to us. Thanks. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, that's it that's for today's, it for today's show. show. Hey, Jake. Virginia, this is my show. No, for real. This is serious narcissism. <laughs> well, it's going around. <laughs> Trumpcast is produced by Jason DeLeon. Steve Lichtai is the executive producer of Slate Podcasts. Andy Bowers is the chief content officer at Panoply. He loves that chief. You think he's a narcissist? All titles are narcissistic, especially (laughs) mine. I'm Jacob Weisberg. And I'm Virginia Heffernan. Thanks for listening to Drumcast. Concerning this Russian hacking, first of all, everyone has got to get over it. Everyone's got to move on. All right. There's nothing to see here. I talk to Vlad every morning and every night. And I've asked him numerous times. I've said, Vlad, did you have anything to do with the hacking? And you know what he said to me? He said, Donald, you're a very, very smart guy. And I'm not going to disagree with him on that. He said, you're a genius, which I know I'm a genius. And he said, I would never have done that to you. And I think that's really all we need is him saying that. But not only do we have that, we've got Julian Assange saying the Russians didn't give it to him. I think those two things alone prove that the Russian hacking isn't Russian hacking. It's a 400-pound guy in New Jersey. Again, it's very, very hard to prove hacking unless you're witnessing it as it happens. And I know, I know, I know hacking. I know computers. My son, my son, Barrett, he's attending the hack, the cyber. He's so amazing with this stuff. Believe me, believe me.